The superhero of Marvel, Stan Lee, has regrettably passed on this week. In this episode, we honor him by talking about his origin story, the great legacy he's created, and how he's become a superhero in today's world, even if it's not like Spider-Man. All that and more on the Half-Assed Approach podcast. Theme music. With the half-assed donkey that gets his ass cut off. So this week, uh, unfortunately, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Stan Lee, did pass away. He, uh, apparently, it was just old age. He was 95. Uh, 95, not a bad, uh, not a bad run for, you know, that is That is a good run, yes. Yeah. Only, you know, a year or two earlier, he'd been still going to Comic-Con. He'd been still, he'd been still going to all these comic book conventions and meeting the fans fans were really really important to him i think that shows a lot in that he really saw what his work was doing he really saw how it was affecting people and and uh saw what he was doing as important i remember in one interview he was saying that his mom you know wished he would do something better than comic books but that he was really convinced that entertainment was very very important uh, finding heroes to look up to, I think, is very, very important as well. I think he was born in a different time than what we know, too. If he's 95 in 2018. Let me do a quick math. I'm sorry. I'm not... He's born in 1923. I would have gotten there. He lived, he remembered the Great Depression. So mm-hmm. back then, too, like, I, I mean, I can kind of see why his parents were like, comic books are stupid. There's no, like, they're not important. Because back then, like, you're you're you know doing everything you could just to get a job and somebody was so was everybody else you know that era like you didn't throw anything away like it was that valuable and he was he was also born to romanian immigrants uh so he was a first generation immigrant i mean for any of you who have not immigrated to a country especially this country i mean you really got to be no nonsense you got to be focused you got to know that nothing comes for free and you got to work your butt off. And that's how it was back then. As immigrants coming to this country, there was nothing waiting for them there. So they were very no-nonsense. They were very focused. And so they didn't want him, quote-unquote, wasting his time with comic books. They wanted him to have a, a real job. Now, one of his first early jobs was writing uh, obituaries. That was actually his first writing writing position. Which, I don't know about you, but I would love to have my obituary r- written by Stan Lee. I think he would make me sound a lot cooler than I actually was in real life. I want my obituary written in comic book form with pictures and a graphic speech novel bubbles. style. That'd be freaking cool. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, there's many things that brought the world uh, so far advanced from the Great Depression to what it is today. And um, so Stanley is probably just one cog in a great machine that's done this. But you know, back then, comic books like no parent wanted their their child reading comic books. That was you know just a waste of time and everything it's very uh different to see how it is nowadays to where there's full-on adults you know myself included talking about him and just uh way into all of his comics and into the movies and stuff and then it's a multi-billion dollar industry now based on just his ideas his creations i would i would say it's a type of luxury Mm -hmm. he's brought this type of entertainment to the world and granted, he wasn't the first to do that. There is DC Comics. Still, like, it's just really cool to see that he's uh was a big part, definitely the main part, in bringing this type of luxury into our world. 
and bringing this, uh, you know, a unique form of inter- entertainment and uh, really helping it become a big thing. Just thinking about his history, uh, his first uh, big superhero thing uh, that he was asked to do for Marvel Comics, at the time it was called Timely Comics, uh, was uh, Fantastic Four. So Justice League was starting to get really big at DC. Um you know, and so uh, his boss came to him and said, hey, we need a superhero team that uh, will kick Justice League's butt. Um, and so he came up with the Fantastic Four. Actually, a little side note, little trivia there. The same distributor, or the Marvel Comics or Timely Comics distributor at that time was DC Comics. If you look up the cover of the first Fantastic Four, you'll notice something really interesting. Number one, they're not wearing any costumes. Number two, what's the main thing your eyes are drawn to first? Probably the, well, the big green thing. The big green monster, right? Okay, so what happened was, is that behind the scenes, they didn't really want DC to get notice of the fact that they were focusing more on superheroes and they were trying to make a superhero team that would rival the Justice League. So when they designed the cover, they did it, to make it look instead of like a superhero thing they wanted to make it look like a monster themed which is what marvel and time or timely comics had been focusing on more monster themed like a godzilla and things like that um after the comic became more successful after a few issues that's when they added the costumes on the main cover it sort of makes sense as to the thing like that's more of a monstery kind of term not uh the mutant or the the superhero or you know something like that or Mr. Fantastic, you know, the Human Torch, that's kind of more like a carnival freak show sort of title. Invisible Girl, same thing, you know? Um, Yeah, exactly. I mean, so that's that's just a little bit of tidbit trivia is that, um, yeah, they they were focused on monsters back then and kind of wanted to hide it from DC. By the time DC found out about it, it was making too much money for them. They started this machine, they couldn't, got the ball rolling and they couldn't stop it. Exactly. (laughs) Kind of reminds me of the cola wars uh, between Pepsi and Coke. You know, it's different, same thing basically, but mm-hmm. differences between the two and uh, just their um, competition between them. Um, that's about all I can relate to it with that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Coke is better. No, throw, oh, absolutely. If I I don't really like cola, so I guess okay. I don't have much of a say. But if I were to choose a cola, um, if I if it's the only thing I could drink, it'd be Pepsi. <laughs> Really? Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, I do. I, I'm a Mountain Dew guy, so yeah. that's Pepsi for me. Yeah. So I've gotten to the point where it's like, uh, do you have Coke or Pepsi? They, they say one or the other. Even though I don't drink either of those, I know which one I want because if they have Pepsi, they have Mountain Dew. If they have Coke, they don't. Yeah. Although, <laughs> I'll give you this. Coke has Mellow Yellow, but not every place carries Mellow Yellow. If they carry Coke, yeah, they don't always. Yeah, that kind of weird? It drives me nuts. Yep. Because it's like, come on, you got something that's good. You got one thing that's good. Yeah. I know plenty of people, my wife included, would disagree because she, she loves Coke. But um, you married a good woman. She's got her Coke stuff up on on top of the cupboards on the kitchen, and then in the dining room, I got this covered thing too. And there's a bunch of Mountain Dew stuff there. It's kind of fun. Stan Lee would be proud that we're going so off topic. <laughs> I think I don't know. What's interesting about Stan Lee too is that he actually had a contract with Marvel Studios to appear in every single Marvel. <clears throat> Every single Marvel movie that was actually stated in the contract was that he had to appear in every single one. Now, now you're probably wondering, now that he's passed on, will he appear in any more? Well, Marvel Studios did a really smart thing. They filmed 
three or four different cameos right before he passed away. Probably about two years before he passed away. So he's going to be in Captain Marvel and uh, Avengers Infinity War. We're not sure if he's going to be in Spider-Man Far From Home. I've heard rumors about it, but I don't think he will be. Was he in Venom? I haven't seen Venom. I haven't seen Venom either. Okay. I don't know. All right. We're going to have to see Venom. I'm going to say yes, because like every every Marvel movie I've seen yeah. since I can remember has always had him in Except for maybe like the... There was an X-Men movie that didn't have him in it. The Spider-Man movies with... What's his name? The lame ones that are from the early... Andrew Garfield? Was that him? I don't know. There were a lot of lame Spider-Man movies. From the early 2000s, I had... Uh, oh, Tobey Maguire. Yes. He was in those. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I, it's yeah. been a while, so I don't yeah. know. I haven't no, really... He, he was in those. That was actually one of my favorite cameos of his. It was... Uh, he goes up to Peter. He goes up to Tobey Maguire. And there's a... Uh, on Times Square, one of the news bulletins says, Spider-Man saves something, something. And Stan Lee just goes up and says, You know... I guess one man really can make a difference. I'm like, that's what you did, Stanley. You made the difference. <laughs> so, yeah, I found out this news. It's going to be one of those things, kind of like 9-11. Well, that was a really dark comparison, but just bear with me. Scratch that. Everyone, no, you better keep that. Okay. Everyone is going to remember where they were the day they found out, that, or the moment they found out that Stanley died. It's, gonna, it's the same with 9-11. It's the same with Michael Jackson. It's the same with people old enough to know Elvis. I don't know. I was at work, personally. So was I. And I got a notification on my phone from uh, from a news website, I think, that said Stan Lee died. And uh, then I get a message from my brother-in-law. Hey, did you hear Stan Lee died? Yeah. I think I, I just heard it through Facebook or something. I was tracking my Facebook and yeah. there was somewhere through there. But yeah, the 95, again, good run. Jeez, you can develop schizophrenia. You can develop Alzheimer's. Um, neither of which are very good ways to go. You basically lose your mind and you don't even know who you are. Oh, Stan so... Lee was not only very well, he was kicking it. Like, he was oh, yeah. not just on, he was not even, as far as I know, not even with a, a cane or anything. No, yeah. And he's making cameos and films and he's taking interviews and he's like, yeah. I mean, you can just tell he's mentally, he's there. Oh, yeah. And physically, he's still walking about. 95, that's like way, you know. I wonder what his secret was. I don't know if he had a special diet or something, or if he just... There's something to be said for just loving what you do your entire life. Kind of reduces the stress. Yeah. Possibly. I think I wouldn't be too stressful knowing that my creations uh, ended up... Changing the world. Making billions of dollars, and I was just set for life. So he literally said in an interview... He wanted to create a character that everybody would hate. And hate so much that they would continue to read him. And he created Iron Man, which you have to realize, he created Iron Man during the height of Vietnam. Iron Man was a billionaire. He was heavily involved in the military-industrial complex. And uh, he was a white guy. Those three things people hated. Particularly the military-industrial complex part. So Same thing today. Pretty much, yeah. So, and yet, now look. Iron Man is that guy, but everyone loves him. Uh, Spider-Man, he wanted to create a character that was very, very relatable to young people. Um, a character that had real-life, real problems. Um, and that was kind of new. That was kind of different uh, for 
uh, you know, back then. Also, when he told his editors about, hey, I want to create this guy named Spider-Man, and he was, his editor was like, well, that's dumb. No one likes spiders, so why would anyone like Spider-Man? <laughs> but uh, eventually they needed something. They needed one comic. It was called uh, Amazing Fantasy fantastic tales that was the very first issue of spider-man and it was uh he's got spider webs like webbing like which they showed those in the tom holland version do uh, they work like a squirrel suit or yes okay they work like a squirrel suit that's (laughs) okay that'd be cool if he really did but all right no it really does really yeah okay he does he he yeah Okay. He jumps over and he... It's pretty cool. Shows how much I read the comics. <laughs> oh, you were saying too, like, uh, back in the day, they're like, um, nobody wants a superhero who has just normal yeah. human problems. Like, you, they only need superhero problems. Like, nobody wants to read. And it's, that's funny because, like, I think I'd be so bored with a superhero who just has superhero problems. Yeah. I definitely... Um, would agree, like with especially all the modern stuff. Like a lot of these, they just have personal problems. They're they're not really any different than you or me. And the whole um, I really okay. So something I will take that I liked about um, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man's is uh, especially that. Mm, I want to say it's the yellow card song that was in the uh, second one. It's literally called "Gifts and Curses," and it's kind of about. Um, your gift is your curse. And that's exactly kind of what he um, brings up his power to be in that one is uh, well, probably in the whole trilogy really, but just he's got this amazing gift and he's able to be this awesome superhero, but like his own personal self, he's still like this loser who's, I mean, he gets to Mary Jane and you know, Kirsten Dunst is pretty cute, but she is. Um, that's true. But I mean, but you know, he's, he's late to everything. He is life kind of sucks. He's a pizza delivery guy. Like, come on, you know, nobody yeah. appreciates him for what he is and he can't really come out and be, Hey, I'm Spider-Man. Because when he does like the one guy with the robotic he arms, he can't he finds come out of the web. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was horrible. Can't come with him. He's coming out of the web. He's coming out of the web. But you, you know, he can't come out, uh, because you know, everybody he knows, uh, can be in danger and it does actually happen as villains find out who he really is of course they go after his family they go after his his grandma <laughs> it's technically his aunt but it technically his aunt she's old enough to be she's grandma, so old so i mean it really just shows that his uh, gift is this curse that like, he's got this awesome ability but there's a great cost and it's kind of just you can almost apply that to any uh, superhero they have an awesome ability but there's always some sort of curse that goes with it especially the superheroes who acquired that super uh, that yeah superpower mm-hmm. okay i really like peter quill peter quill's cool he's one of my favorite um, and he's yeah just a regular boy who got abducted <laughs> kind of weird but and has to live growing up this horrible life but then he becomes like um badass really badass he's got his own his ship in the first gardens of the galaxy by the way i love that ship freaking awesome such a beautiful ship oh yeah i love the orange theme yeah colored scheme to it it's awesome beautiful very elegant very and just the way it moves too i don't know if a ship could really do that but geez that thing is so nimble and again it goes back to the he's very relatable this is um people who have problems in the real world and stuff and it's just kind of like their fantasy being played out just mm. um 
Not that I really want to be abducted by some blue weird dude who's supposed to Quint. deliver me to a guy and Quint. doesn't We've actually. We've all had that dream. It's okay. About being, well, sure, we have that dream, but it's not always <laughs> a fun one, is it? <laughs> because sometimes you have a dream and you, or maybe you think it's the real thing and it doesn't turn so awesome. And then things start to get inserted in places you don't want them to. Oh, God, please stop. So that's that's something that I guess uh, Stanley has created. It's uh, first the comics, then turned into movies, and just this became this huge franchise. It became this huge franchise, but it's um, just something that people can escape to, and just kind of growing up through the, like the Cold War and like Vietnam and stuff. I'm sure like it was fun for people to yeah to escape from all that worry and stress. I definitely can't imagine being uh, living in a time where, like, at any minute, like, the Russians, a nuke can just drop from the sky yeah. and end the entire world. And speaking kind of that, I I like the fact that Marvel Comics stayed really apolitical. It, it didn't even get it didn't get involved in the politics of the day. Largely, they did some anti drug stuff and stuff like that, but it was largely pretty apolitical. Well, no, I would, because you were just talking, like, kind of, they kind of paralleled politics, and you kind of mentioned it, too. Iron Man was kind of created to be this guy that everybody hated, mm-hmm. and it paralleled a, um, you know, what people thought of the Vietnam War back in the day. They didn't mm-hmm. like people, or, you know, or the soldiers being sent out to fight a war that they felt like we shouldn't even be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, yeah, Iron Man, it sounds like, uh, was just kind of paralleled to be that guy, to be a... a person that everybody hates and yet in such a way that it made it interesting to, to see and um again it's just how people can relate to it and a lot of other sci-fi star trek's very famous for being that where he uh, that thing where uh they parallel real world events like a real um situation that is going on in the world but they kind of change things up so you might not quite realize that it's oh they're actually mimicking this real world event. It's also designed to kind of make you see the idiocracy in it, you know, like oh I can't believe they're fighting over something so dumb. Mm-hmm. But then you can you're also reminded of something in the real world or like you know whatever war that was going on at the time or um you know kind of supposed to kind of help you realize how dumb the real world situation is too. <laughs> I mean I guess it shouldn't have been a shock to us. He was the guy was ninety five. But it was one of those things that everyone knows is going to happen, but no one wants it to. No one wants to be faced with that, you know? Nobody's, like, counting down the days or being like, oh, yeah, it could be any day now, or like, yeah. nobody does that. It's just fun. Oh, yeah, we do that with everybody in our lives. Just uh, we, we always assume that they're always going to be there and are always so shocked to see that when they aren't anymore. I think it's going to be really hard when we see a Marvel movie with a cameo from him. And we realize he's not, like, a new Marvel movie with a cameo from him. And we realize he's not alive anymore. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Heath Ledger when he when he died. Because um, mm-hmm. they learned that he died shortly, after, I think, after Dark Knight came out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus was the very last. They were filming that when he died. Mm-hmm. And so because of that they didn't they couldn't they didn't want to scrap everything they actually brought in like colin farrow and somebody else to kind of fill in his role and try to and they kind of twisted the story a little bit to kind of explain why he suddenly turns into a different celebrity at different parts of this of the the film 
but it is just it's just weird to watch him because you when that movie came out you're watching this he's like that's a dead guy on there you know like it's yeah. just i don't know um i think i kind of i wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit like that if i see a stan lee cameo in a movie that hasn't been released yet like yes i know that when we film movies it can be up to like two years before it actually comes out to theaters yeah. but um you know it's still gonna be weird yeah it's absolutely and then weird. i think it'll be even more sad uh, when there's a marvel movie that doesn't have them in it yeah honestly. that's i think that because it's going to be that's fun. a big question in uh, in fans mind this is what happens now yeah moving moving on yeah what's next what do you what do you so think? fans want deadpool to start making cameos in every marvel movie which i would absolutely love i'd be way up for that too. i'd be so down for that but the stupid corporate politics fox owns the x-men and that includes deadpool is but that why if fox we... and disney's merger still goes through which i i'm really hoping it does last i heard it did but i also heard that the shareholders were gonna sue or something some corporate stuff so if that goes through then theoretically they could do a deadpool cameo in every marvel movie i doubt they would though yeah, because it, it is a freaking Disney. It is technically the same universe, right? Uh, I've always wondered that. It's like I'm pretty sure X Men is Marvel. X Men is Marvel, and but in the comics, there's it's never the same universe. And then you see all these other Marvel superheroes, and they're all in the same universe. And right, you see Avengers and Infinity War that definitely ties all these superheroes together. It's like where's X Men? Yeah. Didn't so know we know. So, so we know that X Men aren't going to be in Avengers Infinity War, even though I really wanted them to be. It'd be really badass i think it would too and they could do it through like a multiverse thing because they already introduced the multiverse with dr strange so we already know it's part of that so they could do like oh we're gonna jump over to this other universe real quick and borrow some of their superheroes oh look it's the x-men you know and in deadpool too there's so many jokes about like in the beginning of the second one there's uh, (laughs) a he's got the little figurine with the logan like on the sword like it's it's very self-aware yeah of course, so yeah, I guess, yeah, he is actually in the same universe as Logan, but he jokes about so many other movies in there, too. Like, he could be in a lot of different universes. Yeah. But I don't know. If you're going to put Deadpool as making cameos in Marvel movies uh, to replace Stanley, that's a poor move. Um, it's a fan. It's something the fans want, but I don't know if the fans are joking or not like if i got a survey question that said hey would you like to see deadpool cameo uh, in replacement of stan lee my first instinct would be yes absolutely that'd be so cool and then you think about it for more than three seconds that'd be really weird there is a time and place for mm-hmm. deadpool i think i think in some marvel films if you made a cameo in there or even would just played a small part a small scene where you meet up with him or even you know, the main characters have got their own crap going on on one side of the bar, but he's being an ass on the other <laughs> side or something. and Like, that would be awesome. Um, but his type of humor doesn't fit every Marvel film. Right. Infinity I War, I can't see him being anywhere in Infinity He's just no. not... He's Especially the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool is just not serious enough to be in something like that. Like... Unless something happened in a Deadpool 3 or something like that that really changed up everything and made him really dark or something. Yeah. I can see him running into the Guardians. Oh, yes. I can see him running into the Guardians. Yes. Um, But the serious... Well, the serious movies, they're all kind of funny. 
like the Avengers movies, I I don't want to see him. Yeah, like I said, there's a time and place. Yeah, there's a time and place. So the Guardians movies have added Deadpool. I would even say have him run into Thor. I think it'd be kind of funny. Yeah, just have him and Thor kind of go at it. Go at it. Uh, Doctor Strange. Have him run into Doctor Strange. I think that'd be hilarious. Um, I don't think he belongs in Iron Man. I'm going to draw the line at Iron Man. Yeah, because you got... They're both very egotistical, and they're both alpha. Yeah. Um, plus, Iron Man's already got that thing going on with uh, Captain America. It's like, dude, guys, just go have your fun in the closet already. <laughs> <laughs> stop <laughs> bickering and just make out already come on <laughs> that's some serious fan fiction quint you've given that a lot of thought i ha- yes <laughs> <laughs> is there a problem with that <laughs> so in conclusion Bas- in conclusion stan lee was a great man who lived a wonderful life that affected a lot of people uh in very positive ways i know some people uh went through some hard times and frankly comics and comic book movies got them through it um I know that's kind of a dark way to end it, but it is it's Sounds, true. You can take that as cheesy, but, uh, you know, take it however you want. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I'll admit there's been games that have been the same way for me. It's just yeah. they kind of got me through hard times and or just made me feel things that you normally wouldn't feel. And for that, I really appreciate it. Like turned them. on. But, like some of the games you play, they just... I'm sorry. You said feel horny. Things. Like, what do you mean horny? Yeah. Well, no, I mean like um, sad. Okay, for um, geez, that dragon cancer really got to me. Mm-hmm. Um, being about a guy who is whose kid is dealing with cancer, it was really just a really great way to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then um, Jack Septicai comes to mind. I know there was a there's actually a Facebook friend of mine who I recently saw a post, and it was crazy because um, I didn't think they, you know, he's always this kind of silly guy or whatever but i guess they were going through our times and they discovered his channel mm-hmm. and uh kind of helped them get through hard times or whatever and so yeah they, they were really f- excited to actually he had some sort of i think he was coming to utah actually for something for some reason and so they were they bought tickets and were going to that that's what the post was about mm. so this, i mean yeah that's games but um i, I kind of have to use games because I, I never really used comic books as that type of conduit but um, i think the main thing is escape find an escape but yeah but other people have used the comics like that Mm -hmm. is what i'm saying it's exactly why people read them it's exactly why people watch the movies and exactly this is why i was saying that's probably why people appreciate peter quill because it's like they have their own stuff going on Mm -hmm. and they kind of want to fantasize like being taken to a whole new you know escaping all their problems and going off on this wild crazy adventure and that's really just anything marvel as yeah. kind of in a way i would argue that as as it become like you can take and there's such a wide variety of superheroes how many take a wild guess off the top of your head how many superheroes has uh, stan lee created between 100 and 150 200 so easily. all that i many... mean a lot of them you probably haven't heard of they have these like class c class d superheroes that no one's heard of which is pretty great. Um, some of them are kind of weird. So you can really get in depth is what I'm saying with this. Yeah. It's like there's so many different ways you can go. It's not just Iron Man. It's not just Spider-Man. Avengers. There's so many different ways to go. Jessica Jones, for example, is a... Oh, Jessica Jones is so bad. Bit of a, yeah, a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. She, it's actually, yeah, the Netflix one's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, it's way good. We talked about that a, a podcast or two ago. 
think it was last one actually. Yeah, last but podcast. Yeah, pretty but yeah, uh, no, it was way good. Yes. Weirdest superhero that I think he had a hand in. I know it's Marvel, but I think it was him as well. Squirrel Girl. <laughs> have you heard of this? No. Oh my gosh. See, now I have to look it up. You have to look it up. I'm sorry for the editing later, but you really have to look it up. That might be up. worth it. What? Yeah, okay, so, so background the... to Squirrel Girl. Okay, Her... which one's legit? A lot of these look like fan stuff. Oh, they, yeah, that's the irony. They're all... Uh, do that one. This one? To the left. To the left. There we go. This one. This is more legit? That is literally her. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, her powers... She she's not con- really a squirrel. She's got a pet squirrel she and a furry vest. She can control squirrels. She's actually a really good martial artist. Man, the furry community would eat this and up. She... <laughs> I'm just oh, saying. Absolutely. If they, I'm sure they have already. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Her uh, powers are to control squirrels. <laughs> and uh... Well, there's that man. He controls that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so he, she can control squirrels. And it's kind of a running joke that she can beat anyone. Um, she beat Thanos by herself. How? I don't know. What's funny is that I don't it's think the comic the shows it. Yeah, exactly. It's part of the joke. The comics don't show it. So it, like in one panel that you see Thanos and the next panel Thanos is on the ground. And okay. she's standing over him. So it's like, we don't know how she does it, but she beats everyone. She's beaten Galactus, who eats planets. She beat okay. Thanos. She beats all these, like, big superheroes that, you know, the Avengers have trouble with. But she just goes in and beats them. So. Okay. Yeah. But she's she's pretty awesome. Um, and they're going to put her in a TV show, I think. Really? Yeah. So people thought Guardians of the Galaxy was never going to be good. So when people are hearing about a live action version of <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, especially how he's got a pet raccoon that <laughs> like that's so crazy that's not gonna work out it only yeah. works well in the well they were wrong so maybe yeah. i'll i'll give the benefit of the doubt maybe this could be really awesome who knows i think it'll be hilarious either see way. these like you'd wear these to a rave absolutely and the tail for sure ah geez that's a huge clip on tail oh absolutely well who says it's a clip on well she's wearing the, whatever <laughs> well okay let's, on let's that wrap. on that frightening note um well stanley was a good man our thoughts and prayers are with his family at this time uh, and any who were personally affected by his death. Um, as you know, we're on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com has slash half-assedpod. Jeez Louise. Have you Twitter, that enough yet? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay. Are we on Facebook? Uh, Twitter at half-assedpod. We're on Patreon.com at slash half-assed. If you want to drop us uh, some money um anchor.fm slash half ass and go to our youtube channel our youtube channel is actually pretty you know we're doing pretty well on there we're doing pretty pretty funny um we think so at least. we think so at least and then we also have videos of us playing video games and being sarcastic and obnoxious uh it's pretty fun so check us out on there and we'll see you next time on the half ass approach please subscribe oh yeah please subscribe yeah we're gonna miss you stanley and um he's in the great comic-con in the sky Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye.